Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast. We are an independent Star Trek podcast where we talk about this wonderful franchise that has been going on for over five decades. I'm David Majors, and I'm joined by my fantastic co-host, Miss Heather Kirby. Hey, Heather, how's it going? Hey, it is definitely going this time. And, you know, I, I, I think you and me were too busy getting ourselves excited and hyped up for STLV because we're actually going to STLV this year. So uh, we weren't paying attention to what we were actually supposed to be doing. Yes, that's right, everybody. We had just gotten started with the episode and your boy David forgot to hit record. But it's okay. We only just got through the intro. So everything you're hearing now that that's all we did. That's all we did. But if you're new but if you're new to the show, we'll run through that anyway. We do our podcast in a three-act format where we do the old business, where we talk about legacy Star Trek, which is everything from the Cage up to the Kelvin movies. Uh new business, which is what's happening in Star Trek right now, and upcoming business where we go over the news and notes and talk about what's happening in Star Trek in the future. And we're going to get started with old business, everybody, with a really interesting topic that Heather came up with. So, Heather, you have the con. Okay, I'd like to start by saying, like, don't feel too bad. I personally have recorded full podcast episodes without it being recorded. So at least we didn't do that today. (laughs) But, uh, okay, old business. So for the past couple months, we've been talking about card we've been talking about tng this is our wrap up talking about the picard finale so i thought it would be a good time to discuss what makes tng unique as a show in the star trek universe what what makes it stand out why is it so beloved like what what's the secret behind tng um, I, I think, personally, in my opinion, the one thing that makes TNG stand out is the sense of family in the show. And you get that a lot with sci-fi shows and people being stuck on a ship together or whatever. Uh, but a lot of it, a lot of the family dynamic comes from like their circumstances, and it's not really built organically. Uh, and, and, and you can take other uh, Star Trek shows as an example for that. I mean, Voyager had a big sense of family, but it is really based on like their circumstances, the fact that they're the only Starfleet ship in the Delta Quadrant, and they're having to deal with that. They really grew a sense of family from that. Uh, DS9 has a sense of family, but it's also kind of based on their circumstances, uh, they had to deal with a wartime setting and things like that, and that really helps bond people together. I think TNG is the one show, when you look at all of the golden age of Star Trek, that really has a sense of family that is built very organically amongst these characters. They didn't have any extreme circumstances to help cause that to happen, it really just happened uh, as it went along, and like 
they they became closer together and just working together and getting to know each other and that really helps it stand out a lot and and it, it's something that is translated on past tng when you look at the tng cast now um they the cast still have that sense of family with each other and so like their bond with each other really helped bring that bond onto screen and really make the show stand out in that way and be really special. Okay. The family dynamic. Uh, okay. that That's really cool. I, I really like that. Uh, I will say that for me, what made the next generation unique was it felt like as a kid, it felt like the first grown-up show that I could like watch without anybody giving me a hard time. It felt like it felt like it was a a grown-up show, but it was also okay for kids. And it it didn't talk down to the audience and it felt like a show that was uniquely universal. It was something that was in the right place at the right time. Uh, I think the presentation, special effects, uh, the characters, I think everything about the show was a perfect storm. Uh, And I think that the people making the show probably had an idea because The Next Generation always felt like a bigger production in comparison to other TV shows at the time, including other Star Trek shows, because it was. Uh, it, it had better special effects. It had better makeup. It had all of these things that made it stand out as a show amongst other TV shows, uh, especially also since it wasn't on network television. It was syndicated. It was very, very unique. Um, also, I think that it was very unique to the late 80s and the early 90s, uh, where there was a time where a lot of children's television, uh, thanks to Ronald Reagan, who is dead, uh, there would always be some kind of moral or lesson at the end of every episode. And The Next Generation did this a lot, too. They would tell stories that would have a moral or a lesson to learn and i think that was something that gave it a lot of its universal appeal in that it was something that adults could watch and they could also feel comfortable with their kids watching and i think that all of these things really made Star Trek into a perfect storm. It was the cast, it was the characters, it was the fact that they had an emotionless android, which was really interesting for the time. Uh, it had a captain who had a, a really strong moral core. It had uh, a first officer that was all about the action. Uh, it had an engineer that gave people that looked like me Uh, a feeling that they have a place in the future. Uh, It had two female cast cast members uh, and eventually growing to three with Whoopi Goldberg as Guinan. And I think that it just had so many great elements all put together into one that just made made it the perfect storm for television. And I think that's why 
it became as popular as it did. It just had all of the right things for a quality television show, a quality sci-fi television show. Um, it wasn't overly campy, so it had a little more mass appeal. Uh, it had great acting, great writing, great stories, great characters, and it appealed to multiple demographics. And I just think that they did everything right. Yeah, they definitely did. And you got to give TNG credit for its staying power in the world of pop culture. Uh, The fact that there was such a demand for what became Picard season three is really a testament to the next generation uh, three decades later. It is it is a show that is very, very strong in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot of it still holds up pretty well. Some of it doesn't, but a lot of it does. And I think that's that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely when you look across the Star Trek shows, there are two that really stand out when it comes to uh really breaking out from the fandom and being something that uh your average everyday person who doesn't religiously watch Star Trek like we do like they they know who they are and and that would be the original series and TNG they they both did that and i i i think that's impressive it, it really is to to have like people who who aren't necessarily fans of the show but they know they know this cast and these characters and it's because they're they're just that widespread and and that beloved too and it's it's a testament to the show staying power and i think it not not to jump into new business too quickly, uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it at length, but I think that the next generation got the send-off it deserved. I'll say that. Uh, but I think we're ready to jump into new business, aren't we? I think we are, yes. All right. Uh, well, Heather, uh, it's the season finale of season three of Star Trek Picard, the series finale of Star Trek Picard has come and gone. The three seasons of Picard are officially in the bag. Heather, I'm going to be honest. I've been really struggling with exactly how I feel about this finale. I've had a lot of different thoughts, and I think overall the season has left me feeling very mixed. I have a lot of different thoughts and it's left me very conflicted. So I would love to get your thoughts to maybe help me process mine and get a little clearer picture. Because I have a lot of different opinions on a lot of different things about season three of Picard and this final episode. So I would love to hear your take. Okay. So... <laughs> I think I, I, I've been, I, I, well, I'm very, a very blunt person in general. Okay. So, uh, season three of Picard has brought out my very brutal, blunt honesty side. Um, 
And it's interesting because as much as I've had a lot of negative things to say about season three of Picard, I enjoyed this finale episode. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it is very much the send off that TNG deserved. It, 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 it was ridiculous in some ways, but in the best of ways, um, it had a lot of seven being a freaking badass, which of course I enjoyed. Um, and like overall looking at the episode as a whole, I loved it. Okay. I want to start by saying that I love this episode. However, <laughs> season three of Picard as a whole. And you know, I, 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 I'm a, a lot in the same boat as you. I struggled to find the right words to describe what I thought of this season. And, uh, a good friend of mine shared the Women at Warp review of season three of Picard. And there's one phrase that they said that really stuck out to me. And it said that season three of Picard was the return to Berman area storytelling. Mm. And I went, shit, that's very true. And that's pretty much on point as to what I didn't like about it. Now, mind you, uh, I love TNG as a whole. I love Voyager. Um, love DS9. Even heads of parts of Enterprise I really love. Um, but that was you got to look at the time frame things are made. And, and especially like people like me and you, David, we are huge fans of Star Trek, but we are huge fans of Star Trek Discovery as well. And Star Trek Discovery took Star Trek to another level. And I think we look at some of the shows that they're making now and we have an expectation as to the way we want these shows to go because of what Star Trek Discovery has done. Our expectations are not based on 90s Star Trek. They're based on the Star Trek for the new millennia uh the kurtzman era if you want to call it that the new platinum age of star trek they're, they're they're based on discovery and so i look at season three of picard and i realize that's why i'm was disappointed in a lot of these stories and the way the stories were told across the season because they are very similar to the way Rick Berman told stories across TNG. And frankly, that's not a good thing. That's not something that's not the way Star Trek should be telling stories in 2023. And so that's why there's a lot of flaws in the, the threads of season three, because they just disappointed me in that way. So... Let me throw this at you because you you really you really planted a seed for me. The word that kept coming to my mind was fan service. And now with your help, shout out to Women at Warp. What I will describe is that this was Rick Berman fan service. And I'm not 
entirely okay with that because all of the things you said about discovery and the audience that wants Star Trek to move forward and go in the direction that is not necessarily the same as discovery, but not exactly the same as the past. We see the possibility of Star Trek as a franchise regressing and the worst thing a franchise can do is regress and get caught in its own get caught in its own energy and that's how a franchise dies when it has no room to evolve or grow because there's a segment of the audience that refuses to grow with it and i'm hoping that alex kurtzman understands that that there will be a need for Star Trek to continue to progress because the franchise was always a show that was meant to be progressive for its time. The original series was a progressive series for its time. The 90s shows were progressive for their time. We'll excuse Enterprise in that regard. <laughs> Discovery is a progressive show for its time. It did things with Star Trek that no other Star Trek show had done before. And really not many other sci-fi shows had done before. And I've always said, that's the point. The whole point is that the show is meant to be a show that shows us a better version of what we can be. And I've said this so many times. Star Trek is so much more than starships and sexy green aliens. And there are a lot of people who love the Berman era of Star Trek who do not fucking get that. And I find it really aggravating. And I'm hoping that what they're calling phase two uh, of this era of Star Trek that's starting soon... Uh, I hope that they do not kowtow to these fans that want that version of Star Trek, but with modern special effects and modern sensibilities. All that said, I'm a giant hypocrite because I like Strange New Worlds very much. Well, you know, and... uh... And we'll talk about this at the end of the show. We're going to discuss Strange New Worlds in detail um, on episode 70. But I I, I think, I, I would like to think Kurtzman has an understanding as to, especially with the amount of product that they're putting out, to have certain things for the fan base of people from older Trek and certain things to move the Trek universe forward. Because like I said, if he didn't understand that, then we wouldn't be getting a Starfleet Academy show. If he didn't understand that, we wouldn't be getting a section 31 movie, which we're going to talk about upcoming. So I, I, I don't think that this is something that they're going to hold on to. And and it it's one of those other things, like you said, fan service, in my opinion, is not a bad thing. But it depends on how you do it. Like you said, what season three of Picard did with 
their storytelling and really trying to tell stories very similar to the way TNG was written and the way Berman told stories is is not a good type of fan service. If you want good fan service, you can look at Lower Decks and how Mike McMahon has written in so many love letters to different parts of Star Trek without uh, really demeaning and demoralizing his characters like uh, they did in season three with Seven, with Rafi. Uh, with Laris. Well, yeah. Uh, with Crusher, even, who didn't have as large of a role as she really should have in this season. So, yeah. Like I said, there's different ways to approach fan service. And I, I just, for me personally, and I'm sure for you as well, the way they did it in season three of Picard wasn't a good way. Like I said, I, I, I love that finale. And there's so many things about the finale I enjoyed that I didn't get throughout the first nine episodes of that season, but I got it in that finale. So yeah. <laughs> um, I think that the finale was a good way to end this season of Picard and only this season of Picard. I think that it was an okay send off for the TNG cast. I think they got the send-off they deserved. However, as an ending to the series, Star Trek Picard, it's pretty weak. Uh, We got no resolution uh, for the Picard and Laris relationship, which I will probably never let go. Uh, And it just feels like everything from the first two seasons was just wiped away. Uh, We don't know exactly what the status of the relationship between Seven and Rafi is. We don't know. They're serving on the Enterprise G, which they renamed from the Titan because names mean everything. I didn't like that. We, We don't know about their relationship. We pretty much got the first two seasons wiped off the record. I, I don't, I don't love that. I don't. Uh, it really felt like Terry Metalis is that type of fan that just wants nothing to do with the current era of Star Trek and was only writing for himself and writing for fans of that era of Star Trek. The, the Rick Berman fans, if you will. And I don't know how I feel about that. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm okay with it. Uh, this had moments that I really liked. I think my favorite moment was the scene uh, near the end with Tuvok and Seven of Nine. That was probably my favorite scene uh, where Tuvok played Shaw's recommendation for Seven's promotion to captain and the resignation denied. That I really liked. There was a lot of... Yeah, I'll just keep saying there was a lot of fan service in this episode, and I usually lean towards the negative side when it comes to fan service. So I'm very conflicted about that. Uh, I felt like the changelings just being swapped out for the Borg was 
kind of cheesy, although it was cool to see the Borg Queen one last time. I hope the Borg are done for good. I hope they're done for good. I would be okay if the Borg are done for good. They have been destroyed. They have been defeated. Captain Shaw is still dead. I really don't care if he comes back or not. I I I don't care. I don't care. I'm I'm over Shaw. I'm ready to move on. And I just feel like it was a fine ending for the TNG cast, and that's it. And I'm willing to give it that credit. But I think for everyone out there that says New Trek sucks and they hate Alex Kurtzman and all of that stuff, they're going to see this as the reason why they're right. And I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with it. I mean, I get that, but you can't approach your fan, or at least in my opinion, I, I don't feel like I can approach my fandom as to what the haters would think of it. So, but like I said, me personally, I, I, I love nostalgia. I, I, I am a big person on fan service. And like I said, that that's ultimately why I love this episode as a whole. Was it a good serious finale of Picard? No, but they honestly swept away everything from the first two seasons at the start of season three. Okay. So I didn't expect it to be. I expected it to be a season finale of season three of Picard. Didn't expect it to be a serious finale because the idea of a serious finale went out the window. Um, I don't have a very high opinion of Terry Metalis as a showrunner, and I will just say this because I don't like to really dive into insulting people who work on the show. Um, But the only thing I will say on this is that if we do get a star trek and and i hate the name legacy okay i hate the name legacy it's not it's awful it's star trek legacy if we do get a spinoff from this episode with seven rafi and jack aboard the enterprise g which i would love to watch I do not want Terry Metalis to be the showrunner on that show. And I'm just going to say that right now. And everybody's going to say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's based off of his season. He's no, no, not with the way he treated seven and Rafi. He should not be the showrunner for that show. And if you Um, have, unless, unless his sensibilities make a big change, they're not going to. Okay. They're not going to. And he should not be the showrunner for a, a, a Seven and Rafi based show. Because, yeah, no, he, he shouldn't do it. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I, that, I don't want to say anything more than that. But if you think that a Terry Metalis run show starring Seven and Rafi as the captain and first officer would actually be good for those characters. In, in in my opinion, after the way he's treated them over the past two seasons, 
No, it would not be. I have very serious doubts about it. I really do. I have very serious doubts and concerns about Star Trek Legacy. I'm really not in favor of it one way or the other, but I have serious concerns. I also have my serious concerns about Terry Metalis as a writer and a showrunner. I'm worried that he's here to stay, though, because of fan reception. Uh, I think that if it's called Star Trek Legacy, it's going to be exactly what Women Women at Warp described, and it's going to be Berman Star Trek. And that would spell to me that the franchise is going backwards. And... That would be the worst case scenario. So the fan fervor for Star Trek Legacy, I have serious concerns about it. I, I, I mean, like I said, I get that. But what are you going to do about it? Like, it, it worked with Strange New World. It will work with this show. I mean, it's clearly leaning that way. So... I, I, it's one of those things and it's something we preach all the time, but we have to consider the comments towards ourselves that if it's not for us, we don't have to not, watch it and we don't have to watch it. Okay. If it's not for us, we don't have to watch it. And y- you gotta, we, we preach that to everyone who hates discovery and, people who dislike prodigy and things like that. But you know, we have to take our own advice in this instance. And that if this show does end up being something that we really do not like, then we don't watch it. We're not obligated. We don't get paid to do this podcast. We do it for fun. Okay. So if, if the show comes out and I don't like what they're doing, I'm not going to watch it. And I won't either if I don't like what I'm seeing. And I am not afraid to hide my opinions about something, especially if I don't like it. But I mean, we'll I, see. Yeah. Like I said, I'll tell you right now, and everyone knows because I've talked about it on the show multiple times. I'm a huge Law & Order SVU fan. Okay. I have not watched Law & Order SVU the current season since January because – I did not like the way the show was going. And so I stopped watching it. So especially when it comes to television and media, because this is how they get their money. This is how they get their knowledge of what people are interested in is based on viewership. Okay. So if you don't like the show, don't watch it. Period. And and that goes for every Star Trek series that goes for them all. All right, we've got upcoming business where we can talk about what's happening in the future. Uh, So it has been officially announced that Star Trek Section 31 will star Michelle Yeoh, but it will be a feature-length film on Paramount+. I'm a fan of Michelle Yeoh. I've been a fan of Michelle Yeoh since she was making Hong Kong action movies. I've been a fan of hers for years So I'm going to give it a watch. I'm going to give it a chance because Michelle Yeoh's in it and it is Star Trek. So I'm going to watch it 
and I'm going to go in with an, o- with an open mind. And I will say, Heather, that I'm glad Section 31 is not getting a series. I, I, and I mean, I've said this multiple times, I did not care exactly how they wanted to format this. But Michelle Yeoh herself, okay, she is the one that came up the with the idea for a spinoff for Jojo. She is the one that has pushed this through. And, and, and we've talked about this so much in the past segment about how people are bitching. Oh, I don't want to see a section 31 show. I don't want to see a section 31 movie. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is great, but I I don't want to see that. And it should be something else. If you don't want to see it, don't watch it. Okay. Guess what? I want to see Michelle Yeoh in Star Trek. And this is how we're getting Michelle Yeoh in Star Trek. And I am all on board. Okay? I am here. I am ready to watch it. It might be good. It might not. I don't care. But I'm going to enjoy it. And frankly, I am one of the few people who actually really love Giorgio as a character. So I can't wait to see what they do with her. I really can't. And, like, you, you, I, I mean, just have a modicum of respect for this fantastic actress who wanted to be a part of Star Trek, who wanted to continue her character's story in Star Trek so much that she pushed for a spinoff. This was not something that anyone else came up with the idea of. Michelle came up with the idea for this spinoff, Okay. It has been pushed aside and pushed aside for years because Kurtzman was planning stuff that the fans wanted and the fans really didn't want to see this, but they're still going to do it because Michelle Yeoh is an Oscar winning actress now and she has a ton of freaking name recognition that people, people are going to watch this even if they aren't star trek fans you got to admit that they will see michelle yo's name on it and they will turn it on even if they are not a star trek fan and they have no idea what they're watching and that's the main reason why they're doing it and it'll be a great opportunity to get new people into star trek people that like michelle yo they might be curious about discovery and boom they're watching star trek so it makes all the sense in the world. I'm looking at it with an open mind. I didn't love the Section 31 idea initially, but I'm going to keep an open mind because, like I said, I've been a Michelle Yeoh fan for years. And anything she wants to do, I'm on board. And I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it, period, point blank. Okay, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, Yeah, I wanted to just throw this one bit of news that I saw uh, earlier today just while I was looking around. Um, The same time the news about the Section 31 movie was announced, uh, The Hollywood Reporter also reported that it's being reported that the Section 31 movie will initiate Phase 2 of the current era of Star Trek. So uh, it's kind of the idea that they're moving forward from phase one, which I guess was discovery and Picard. 
and they're moving into phase two. And what I was reading from this story was that it's going to possibly contain more films, uh, more than anything, more feature length films. Um, what do you think of that? <laughs> um, I, I, I think that's a, a, a load of crock. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, I, I'm not sure how valid that could be. Um, I, I think ever since Marvel started categorizing their universe into phases, someone decided they wanted to put that onto Star Trek too. Um, the whole idea of feature length films, like, uh, theatrical feature-length films is just hilarious considering how many times they have claimed to have a Star Trek movie in the works over the past two years and it has fallen apart. Um, so I I, 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 I I, don't have anything else to say but to laugh at that. I, I, I don't know how valid that could be. I really don't. All right. Starfleet Academy is still about a year away from production, so... Well, I, I have a feeling that Starfleet Academy will not start production until after season five of Discovery airs, because that's going to lead into the Star, Starfleet Academy show. Uh, the same with any idea spinoff from season three of Picard. Um, that That's not something that's going to go into production anytime soon. Uh, so... Yeah. Uh, last two pieces of info. Uh, did you catch the trailer for Strange New World season two? Um, maybe I saw one. All right. Okay. Um, I thought it looked fun. Uh, they did not reveal anything about the lower decks crossover episode. No. Um, there's still a little James Kirk which I have opinions on. Uh, but I'll say it looks like it might be fun. It looks like it might be fun. Uh, and Star Trek Resurgence, the video game, uh, is releasing later this month. So I got that to look forward to. Um, I've been really excited about it. So um, I'll play it and I'll give everybody my thoughts on a future episode of the podcast. But Heather, I think we've covered everything that there is to cover this episode. I think we have, yes. All right, then let's take it home. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the 69th episode, nice, of the Promenade Merchants podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to check us out, we are wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, wherever they are. Go ahead and give us a listen. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, let us know what you think at prom trek pod on twitter uh you can talk to me at call me djm you can talk to heather at nerdy gal 33 and make sure you give her a follow and again the podcast is at prom trek pod let us know and i'll probably try and start tweeting some star trek stuff uh, a little more there uh as more things come out like star trek resurgence and and everything starts picking up again it seems like star trek will start picking up again in the summer and into the fall so we'll start tweeting from prom track pod a little more uh but heather thank you as always 
Thank you for listening, and until next time, live long and kick ass.